0: into your life that uh, you're nothing. We know that. Uh, Defeat, every time that you want to experience a little victory, defeat is speaking over your life and then brings you back to not having hope. But when we realize that we walk in the ability to claim our identity, not because of Pastor John or because of some book we read, but the Bible, the Word of God, the scripture says that we are his children. think about that a minute, because that is a powerful identity to walk in. That we are saved by grace. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. That's what the Word of God says. Now, in the chapter, or kind of the season, you can say, of this series, we're going to do something kind of as an interactive sermon. It's an illustrated sermon, but I want you to help me preach it. Because discipleship is, as you know, is you watch somebody do it. Then the second phase is you do it together. And the third stage is you do it by yourself. And through the, through the word of God coming into our lives, we become believers. But that is not where we stop. When we move on from just making Jesus the Savior of our life, To the Lord of our life, then we begin to realize that we need to hear his voice to guide us and direct us. And and to make that point clear is in the Bible, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, man, I got all this other stuff that I'd like to tell you, but right now you just can't handle it. He said, but when I leave, the Holy Spirit is going to come and guide you and direct you into all truth because he's going to say what my father says. That, that's encouraging to me. Anybody else? And, and when we go through life, and sometimes you'll hear people go, man, I just feel like I'm bumping into things, and I, I've got all these obstacles that I'm going. Let me tell you this. As a believer, you're forfeiting the power and the authority that could be yours if you'll just stop and allow God to speak into your life. Now, again, I heard the guy say, well, oh, the Holy Spirit, Sounds a lot like my mother. Or my wife. Now, now listen, because sometimes we get into the place of thinking that because we say Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, you know, come on now. I'm not talking about anything spooky pooky. This is... The, Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God that he's promised to live in us. We, we went through that whole time of teaching of the, being in the presence of God and understanding when the presence of God goes with us, just like in the, the Bible in all these different cases of Gideon, I'm the least of my family, I'm this, you know, he's a whiner. He didn't say that, but he was. How can I defeat the enemy when you're talking? To- and God says, why or how? Because I'll go with you. My presence will be with you. Moses is going to lead a group of people, millions of people in the wilderness, and he, he, he has a problem stuttering. And I don't know what your problem is or what your excuse has been, because I've got a couple excuses, and I can convince you that I'm right. Can't we all? Moses' excuse was answered by, I can't lead these people. And God says, the reason you can is because I will go with you. And when Moses got to the place where God says, after the the the, the, the disobedience and all that, God says, "I'm not going to go with you. I'll send an angel. And I'll just go." The deal was that you go with us, and you have to go with us, or I don't even want to go. He had understood the presence of God and being able to be guided and directed in the, the way to go instead of constantly learning from our own mistakes. And sometimes we don't even learn from our own mistakes. Can I get a big amen from all these people in here today? When we get to the place as believers and we make him Lord of our life, the Bible says that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Romans chapter 12, you don't believe me? Turn there. Romans chapter 12 says that not only will we... Now, it's a good thing that we know our purpose and our destiny, but when we realize that our purpose and our destiny is his will on our lives, all of a sudden it begins to make sense. That we're not just waiting and we don't have an excuse to go, God, I have no idea what your will for my life is or my purpose or my... Come on. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to you. When I was younger, I I asked a, a friend of mine that I considered a mentor, and I said, how do you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? He said, you've got to, John, get into the Word of God. He says, get into the word of God, learn the word of God, hear the word of God, let the word of God is spoken over you. In other words, anybody know that on the Bible app for free? Did you hear that? Free. That eliminates all the excuse. I don't have $2.50 to buy a you know Bible. It's free. If you don't have $2, come see me. I'll even give you that to get free. You can download it on your phone. And it can play while you're driving in. How much dead time is in your car? Just listen. And when the word of God begins to get into your mind, the Holy Spirit will bring that back to your remembrance in different circumstances. That doesn't work. Have you tried it? Try it again. It's kind of like wolf brand chili. How long has it been? That's too long. Try it again. Get into the Word of God. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Now this morning, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Because in the next few minutes, I'm going to read a passage of Scripture that's going to alleviate for some of you the thought of, can I really hear the Holy Spirit in today's time period? The Word of God, basis, it's our foundation. But we realize that the voice of of the Holy Spirit, can speak to us and guide us. Matter of fact, even in the Old Testament, Isaiah says, there's a time coming when you'll hear a voice say, this is the way, walk in it. So we'll be able to be attentive. Now, let me tell you this, as we talk about this and hearing the Holy Spirit, is it's for the believer's advantage. Do you realize that? This is why God can put his super on our natural? That gets exciting. And people go, How did you do that? Who in the world would ever think of that idea? And you go, Because I have a friend that told me about it. Who's the friend? Holy Spirit? In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, now before I read this, remember that if you go up to somebody that's not even a believer and you kind of put them on the spot and you say, hey, can I pray with you about something? Usually the three things that they'll usually typically do is they'll pray for healing. You know, I'm sick or somebody's sick, grandma's sick, whatever. The second thing is, can you help me with my finances? I need a bill paid or whatever like that. And the third one is our relationships. I'm having a problem with my wife or, you know, my child doesn't listen to me anymore, you know, whatever it is. But those are the three. You could say they're finances, uh, health, and relationships. The, The voice of the Holy Spirit speaks on all these extreme important things in our life and the people that are around us. And a lot of times we don't have the answer because we're not we're unaware that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Um, The the Old Testament has things like, uh, the Holy Spirit is not in the people until after Jesus Christ dies, resurrected, and ascends into heaven, and then it's called on the day of Pentecost, that's 50 days later, that's what this church believes in, Pentecost, or Pentecostal, because on the day of Pentecost, 50 days later from uh, the ascension, that the Holy Spirit fell on the disciples in the upper room, and they began to speak in tongues, and the, the Holy Spirit came, and so the Holy Spirit resides in the believer. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, when you kind of get this revelation, I know when you hear it the first couple times, you go, well, that's nice. You know, it's kind of like getting a fruitcake at Christmas. Isn't that nice? <laughs> I don't like it. I'm not going to eat it. It'll be over there on the shelf. But if you're going to send me fruitcake, Brooke loves the fruitcake at the house. and she'll, Anyway, First Corinthians chapter 2. Now, this is Paul, and he's teaching the early church at Corinth. And, and he says this, and it's kind of, you know, in retrospect of where he was and, and what he did when he had visited in 1 Corinthians. But he says this, And it, so, it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with elegance of human wisdom. And do you know that Paul could have? He was a very educated man and, and constantly could... Uh, debate on the subject of faith and religion, even to the Greeks which were, you know, a whole other league. And it says this that uh, he did not come with eloquence of human wisdom as I proclaim to you the testimony about God, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him being crucified. In other words, what he's saying is I just came to give you the good news of God coming to die for your sins. Verse 3, I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling, my message and my preaching was not with wise and persuasive words. Again, he could have done this. What he's saying is, I didn't come to manipulate you into doing something that you would not experience as reality, as truth. These, these people, some of them were Jews. Not all of them, but some of them. And it goes, I didn't come with persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. There was actually an experiential part of it. They saw the power of God in things that happened. Now, let me tell you, all the power of God doesn't mean raising the dead. Can I tell you this? Sometimes the power of God over a person supernaturally is to smile when they're yelling at you. Oh, pastor, that's not that. Can you do that? I'm having issues with that sometimes. I've been to Bible college. I stand up here and people sit in rows to listen to me on Sunday morning. I still have a problem. Turn off that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't we all the demonstration of God's power working on us? Come on, get off of the high horse of thinking that you gotta levitate off the ground, the power of God. Sometimes we seek after that hungry, because why? We think that's what he's talking about. There's power that can work in you when you love somebody that isn't lovable, including your family. Okay, let's quickly get back. He did not come with persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. You might... Put your faith in realizing that nobody could do those things without the power of God working in and through them. Let me tell you, we have so many opportunities in the last three or four years coming in and going through and going out of COVID. Didn't we? When people are walking in fear and some of us walked in fear. Nobody had been here before. But that's why we go to church to agree in prayer and agree that the power of God can be living and working in us. What's tomorrow hold? We don't know, but we know who holds tomorrow. Okay, let's go. on. I could sing. Can we write a song? Okay, there's all right. Verse 6 says this. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. Now, this is from the believer going into the mature believer, Christian, among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. That's where later he'll say that the small things God uses to confound the wise things, the people of this time, the educated, they don't see the Holy Spirit working in people. They don't believe it. So he says this, they're coming to nothing. In verse 7, no, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that has destined for our glory before time began. Now, was it to somebody else's glory? It actually says our glory, the believer. Verse 8. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for they had, if they had, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. In other words, they would have really got the revelation of who he was. But go on. It says, however it is that it is written, this is in the Old Testament, this is before Christ, this is before the Holy Spirit, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those that love him. Now, now stop there. When we get to the place of realizing that the Old Testament says this, then there's a lot of people that go, nobody can understand God. No eyes seen, no ears heard. And we get stuck on that that we're just going through life going, God, you are a mystery to me. I keep bumping in the wall. I can't hear you. Do you realize in the Old Testament it says, "My ways are not your ways," but it says, "My word that is sent back, sent out will never come back without it being foretold." In other words, completing what it has been sent to do. Now, watch this. Stick with me. No eyes seen, no ear heard, no human mind has conceived all the things that prepared, or God has prepared for John that loves him. Let, let me say it this way: in Isaiah sixty-four. This is that where he's quoting that. Paul's quoting it out of Isaiah. Since ancient time, no one has heard, nor ear has perceived, nor eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. Now, now I thought it was curious that Paul said for those that love him. Isaiah said for those that wait on him. I think that when we're waiting upon God, we're loving him to speak to us in the New Testament. The reason why is because Paul's going to go on and go, what, no mind, no ear, no eye, all those parts of the body haven't conceived, they can't think what God has done. But now in the New Testament, it's a new day, and God's going to speak to us. Watch this. I want to jump ahead. Now, now remember this. He's going to say something that's going to ignite something inside of you. And it's not an it. It's a he that's inside of you, the Holy Spirit. Before I read that, let me step over here. This is not in this passage. This is in Ephesians chapter 1 where Paul says to, he, he's going to kind of keep this going, but he's going to it in another way. Guys, ever since I known that you love God, here's what I've been praying that you would enter into the group, the people that understand and receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know God better, that your eyes of your heart will be opened up so that you can see the power that is yours. I have gone to church all my life. Do you know where I'll be next year this time in church? There's very few churches that I've been in and have been a part of that will talk about this. Now, watch this. And, and it's not because they're against it. They, we just have 52 weeks, and you guys only put up for so many minutes a week, and we just got to. So from now on, we're going to come to church seven days a week, three hours a day. See you next. So here it is. Condensed into this time period. Listen. Because what he is going to say is God's going to give you the spirit of revelation. Revelation is things that possibly you already see, but it's going to go pow. Let me give you some stupid little illustration of revelation. Stupid little illustration. I told it before. I'm on the treadmill at the fitness center, and I'm looking like kind of a geek. You know, I got all the good stuff on. I'm looking pretty, you know, like I need to be there, you know, and... My earbuds in my ear keep falling out. I look at my earbud, and one of them has a strange symbol on it. It's an L. What is that on there for? It was the left one I had in the right ear. Do you know that when I put it in the right ear, oh, baby, I was hooking them right down that treadmill. No falling out. I had revelation of the truth that helped. That was a little stupid illustrated. But when you're going through life and you're bumping your head and toe on every little thing, that do you pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know God better, to work through that situation? L- listen what he's going to do. He's going to open up the whole ability realize that God's Spirit is in you speaking to you. Watch this. In verse 10 it says these are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. Now where is His Spirit? It's in us. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this. The Spirit searches all things even the deep things of God. How can He do that? Because it's God's spirit. <laughs> it's inside of him. It searches the deep things of God. Do you realize God's deep? Oh yeah, deeper than what you're thinking right now. Angels around his head. Holy, holy, holy. Is a, yeah, he's deep. It says the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, for who knows a person's thoughts except the own, their own spirit within them? In the same way no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers themselves foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Only the person that has the Spirit of God working in them as a believer and listening can understand the deep things of God, the things of God. Verse 15 says, The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. Do, do you understand what that's meaning? That he, she has the Spirit of God, and as he's walking around through the day, he's, alla- he's looking long and expecting to God to show up. Hmm that he has freely given us. This is what he's given us. It's only discerned through the Spirit. Now, verse 15 says, The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? We could stop right there. Oh, that's good, Pastor John. Who's going to instruct? Who knows? Let me say it again. Verse 16, some of you need to really understand this. It says, Who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we, that's you and me, if you're breathing and you can pass the test of fogging up a mirror today because you're alive, that's you. If you're a believer, And the Holy Spirit resides in you. But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. (laughs) If that's going off on the inside of you, tell your body to respond. (laughs) Can you do this real quick? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, God, that you you put your presence within me. Well, I don't know about that. What do you do about parts of the Bible that you don't agree with? Just read them real fast and put them over here. What he is saying is that the Holy Spirit resides in us. We have the mind of Christ the mind of Christ or the spirit of Christ will go through the deep things of God to be able to allow us to be in the right place at the right time to meet the right people to bring about all that he has for us. Now this this gets a little hairy when it goes from knowing it, it to being a doer of the word of God. Because there's something about being very educated in knowing that the the Holy Spirit lives in us. Yes, he resides in me, brother. God, you know, that kind of God spelled with a W. God is on me. The question is, is he in you and working through you in a practical way? Okay, let me, let me go over here, because we're, we're going to talk about mostly those those prayer requests, but mostly today on relationships, and God putting us in the right place at the right time. But do you know that even in the Jabez prayer, you know, this guy has really about, I don't know, two verses in it, maybe one verse, and now he's, he's famous. Because here's a guy in the Old Testament that just asked. Here's his prayer, Jabez cried to the son, To the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border. In other words, make me larger. Make me more prosperous. And that your hand might be with me and you would keep me from evil. So it, what? The blessing (laughs) that I receive, so it might not hurt me. And get this. And it says, and God granted his request. Can he do that? Can he ask for that? Okay. I'm going to kind of turn the corner here. We have the ability, if we allow God's Spirit residing in us, that we have the mind of Christ. can can you just right now take some inventory or or take kind of a perspective place of where you are? Because until you know where you are, you can't get to where you want to go. Are you in a place right now in your spiritual walk in maturity that you can say yes? As building a warrior, as we talked about, let let me go back and just kind of remind you A warrior is a person engaged in some kind of struggle or conflict. Does that not really identify all of us that every day as a believer that you're in a struggle and a conflict against good and evil and you're trying to do what's right and what the Word of God says over your life and what you've committed to Christ? I didn't get any yes. On I-35, you know, with all the construction, anybody in a struggle beside me? why did you come from all the way back there to come and park next to me so that I can let you in when you could have waited in line like all of us? No, I'm working on that myself. It's a struggle. But it's a person that's setting goals and developing the strength and skills to accomplish them. That, That This is what we're talking about today when we get into the place of actually doing the things that God has asked us to do. Now, we know that increasing our capacity is not easy. And sometimes the older we get, we just get tired. I'm tired of stretching. I just want to be right here, right now, and I I know all that I'm going to know. I don't care about reading the book. I don't know about another sermon. I preach about David and Goliath again, Pastor. Not in doing something. I want motivation, not discipline. But when we read that God has come and we're celebrating a few months about Christmas and Jesus coming and in John 10.10 10, when he comes and says the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, that, that's something that's going to happen if you're not careful because I've come to give you life. Anybody up for life? I am. I don't like dying. I've come to give you life in abundant. Yes, I want abundant. Second thing I want, I don't want just life. And then third is to the overflow. I I want so much life that it doesn't take much to get out of bed in the morning. That I'm not depressed because, oh no, Gwen didn't make the coffee last night. (laughs) This is the rule in the raw. I've come to give you life to the full, to the abundance, to the overflow. Now, I want you to see this. In Ephesians 3.17, Paul says, I know that if Christ dwells in your heart through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love. In other words, the seed has been planted and it's beginning to grow that you're rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses his knowledge, that you may be filled to all the fullness of God. That's our capacity. The fullness of God. Now, the fullness of maybe Billy Graham, Mother Teresa. But to God? When we get to the place of reading that Jesus said that these things you'll do and even greater things, sometimes we hit our head on our limitations. Oh, no, no, I couldn't. Do do you realize if if you're in a situation that somebody needs healing, you've got to pray that they get healed before you can see them get healed. Uh, let me give you, I, I've got a couple illustrations, and one's bigger than the other, but but I, I want to ask my five volunteers to come up real quick, because we're, we're cooking in time. Okay, Bray, you stand here. Yeah, and Jonathan, you stand here. Yeah, Johnny, and then one more for Christy. Do we all have Bucket? Okay, all of these things are in these buckets. I've got red potatoes. I've got, I think they're called cutie pies, aren't they? Those little tangerines. Uh, limes and lemons. Now, now I want you to work with me because if you don't have much of a imagination, you're going to be like, what in the world was he doing up there with potatoes and lemons? But every day of John Miller's life, typically, I'll come in contact with at least five different people. And they're not people that I always know. They're they're people from my family. There's people uh, from the church. There's people that I know at Axiom that don't go to the church. Um, And then there's a person maybe that I run into at Walmart that I, I don't even know their name when I meet them until I ask. Or the waitress but every time that I get into a situation, and again, work with me. I'm not talking about just waving at somebody as you drive down the road. But I'm talking about when I get into a situation where I'm interacting with somebody in a communication skill in the area of our relationships. We do not know how important that moment of divine interruption is in our life. Can I get an amen? Now, now if, if we look at it as just an interruption, you get annoyed. Because we all live in a system. You know, if you know it or not, you do this and that and this and that every day and this and that. And if somebody comes, ah why are they involved? Work with me. So, as you can see, hopefully, without it fulling, I, I got a pretty... Good basket. Someday I don't have a whole lot to give out. Sometimes I have a lot to give out. That's why I encourage you in the mornings before you face these guys up here, you better have something in your basket to be able to give. Now, now let me say this. For all of you that know the story of Elijah calling down fire, man of God, remember that his basket gets empty when he runs away from bill and he gets under a tree, and he goes, God, I want to die. He just called down fire. His basket was full, but he got so tired and depleted, now he's wanting to die. So don't let your basket. Oh, I went to church on Sunday, and I read the word a little bit on Monday, but by Thursday, you don't even know your basket's empty. Spend time in the word of God. So just in what's in, look show as much as you can okay he's got a couple oranges and so so here here's just a crude shooting from the hip illustration here how many people got grace for your pastor all right watch this i, I communicate i communicate with justin Hey Justin, how's it going? And he says, Pastor, you know, I, I just enjoy the sermon. I'm giving him, I'm telling him about things, and 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 then all of a sudden, he gives me, I need some help financially. A lemon. And I say, wait, just a minute, in my mind. Now Gwen and I wanted to go on that little trip and Brooke, she's expensive to be, you know, <laughs> my daughter. But what I do is I say, God, speak to me on this in your holy, now I don't have to say, Justin, wait just a minute, let's agree pray in prayer right now. But as he's talking and telling me the Holy Spirit in me resides and says, John, you are a blessed man. Now, I can argue with him. I want to be more blessed, so I can't give to him. But, but I have, so I begin to give to Justin. And I say, Justin, here, here's even more than you're asking. Whew, I feel the Holy Spirit on that. Can, can I tell you, that's not Natural. Most of the time we are in a culture that we are blessed, but we look at people asking for help as a negative thing. Because I look at Justin and I think, well, he him and his wife, they make pretty good. I start sizing them up. Come on now. They they make pretty good money. They ride that car and boy, I tell you, look at those clothes he's wearing. He didn't get those out of the salvation army. I tell you what. Maybe he ought to get an job. Come on now. But if we go into this relationship realizing, "Hey, God, you can speak to me, and I'll give to that situation before He," I couldn't even give before He even asks. So then I come over here to Jonathan, and, and Jonathan says, uh, "Pastor," and, and he he gives me these. Two, he calls me and he says, "Hey." This is little how he's given to me. He says, Pastor, I uh, I was reading. This is a true story. Goes with this sermon. I, I was reading about in the Old Testament where you know it says that nobody knows the mind of God, but in the in the New Testament, in First Corinthians chapter 2, it says, We have the mind of Christ. Why am I willing to give? Oh, because I had that revelation too. And I mean, I'm just firing off in this passage, in this passage, in this passage. But he has given me. Now, d- did we talk about money? Did we talk about anything other than what the exchange in our relationship was? No. But but because he gave to me and I give, I live and I'm, whoo! Now, now I come over here to Johnny. And Johnny... I don't know if you know this, but Johnny cleans the church for a fraction of what it costs to clean the church. And let's just give Johnny a hand, huh? And you don't know it, but he's, he, he's, he's giving something to me because he's cleaning the church. Sorry, Johnny, I'm not throwing your goodness around. <laughs> because now I come on Sunday morning and the church is clean. He, he's given to me because the Holy Spirit reminds me, Johnny's a good guy, isn't he? Yeah. Until the day that he says, hey, Pastor, I'm going to try to go to Cambodia the first of the year. <laughs> Slow down, fireball. <laughs> Are you talking about money? <laughs> so I say, Johnny, Sure. I love you. I give something to him. That's finances. That's money. That's cash. Some people, ooh, that's dirty. It's dirty not to have money. Have you ever tried to be in Texas without air conditioning? That's, that's mean. Now we come over to Bray Bray, and I, I've had kind of a give and take, but as you can see, I'm, I'm down. But I'm good. Cause I know, and I, I, oh, Brianna. Matter of fact, I had an appointment with Brianna. We're going to go coffee, and she's going to speak in Doctor Brianna, <laughs> theologian. I'm going to go, and I'm going to. Well, what do you think? Or you know, there's some situation in life that maybe you know, Brianna, I just, you know, I, I need. But it just so happens, what does Brianna have in her? A basket of lemons. <laughs> so Brianna says, well, I have a problem at home. I have a problem at work. I have a problem with my other family. I have a problem with you. <laughs> I have a problem with people laughing at me. Whatever it might be. So I've got a, now she has given me A basket of lemons. Has anybody ran into somebody that just wants to give you a lot of lemon? Sour. The same Holy Spirit that guides us and directs us. Listen to this. This is one of the hardest parts that I'm working on because remember the one word of a warrior is obedience. And when the Holy Spirit says this one word, well, it's two words. I went to school shut up don't say nothing because what i want to do well i have a problem with you too brianna matter of fact i don't like what you wear i don't like how you talk i don't you know and i'll go into things that later i'll say why did i even go that far i don't care what she wears Am, am I trying to make sense that you're getting something out of this? There's all kinds of life circumstances that are we tuning in and listening to the Holy Spirit speak to us in every one of these circumstances that we're giving and taking. And sometimes, listen, we are only giving. Now we get to this one, and, and this is my family member. My daughter. Now, it's not because I can't use one of my family members because you're going to think it's real, okay? So we're going to make believe this, and she's my spiritual daughter, Christy. And Christy is my spiritual daughter. Listen, all of us have family. We have husbands. We have wives. This this is this person. Now, I, I'm... A little bit glad that Gwen is in the children's department today because I, I have so much freedom. <laughs> but I do have four people that have big mouths, <laughs> and they're my children. So, ex ne on the talkie. All right. But a family person in our lives, our daughter, our son, our mothers, our husbands, whoever it might be. Can I tell you this, that we have, let's say, we, in your husband and wife, you've been married, so you've had obstacles that you've overcome, but they've caused scars into your relationships. So if you're not careful when you get into that conflict again, you know what they're thinking. So you jump to the conclusion, and here's what you're doing. You are gonna give to me this time because you took away so much last time. And and my sons, Dad, I, I need some this. I need some that. No you don't, you've taken too much already. Now, now, I I could go on and on, but if you're not hearing the Holy Spirit, this will be a continual loop, a crazy loop. I don't want to give anymore. You've had plenty. And you're just a taker. And I know what you're thinking. The Holy Spirit comes and goes, hey, 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 hey. Probably two words of wisdom. Shut up. Sometimes you need to go in the other room and cool down before there's giving and taking. Mm, come on now. Yeah. And, and begin to allow the Holy Spirit to speak. Yeah. I'm the solution in that problem. If you go in there and walk in love. I don't God, I don't want to walk in. You don't have a choice, John. You've already given your life to me. Two greatest commandments, we practice it here every week. Loving God will worship first and then love your neighbor as yourself. We have half time. But those are the things so shallow but allowing the Holy Spirit through your day to speak to you and then being obedient is sometimes the most mature thing and most mature person that's on the face of the planet. And it can come in the form of a little woman or a big, strong man. It doesn't have a prototype that you can always point to. Okay, guys, go to your tables. The next illustration, and I'm going to read something real quick, is I want, uh, just in a few minutes, what we're going to do is some of you were here the day that we took communion, and your section came up, starting in the first row, going out, Let, let's go this way, so everybody's going that way, and the first row comes out and loops around, and then the second row and the third row, and then this is what you get. Just get one of these little pints of goodies. They're different. So, when don't we stand in, in, in about two minutes, come up here, get a basket, and then go back to your seat. We'll start some music. Let's go. Starting from the front row, quickly, 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 quickly. Yeah, just come on up and if you don't know what to do, just come on up and get one. <laughs> I was lost with a broken heart. You
1: bring me up, now I'm set apart. From the ash I am born again.
0: don't have one, raise your hand, one of these young people will bring it back to you. All right, find a seat real quick. We're almost done. And I know that if you're in a place of question, you probably thought of exiting real quick. All right, thank you guys. You can sit down. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I want to show you this. You're going to get, well, in a few minutes you're going to leave, and you're going to do the last part of this sermon. And this is, first part, remember, is watching me do it. You just watched me do it. Then we're going to do it together in a minute, and then you're going to leave, and you're going to do it on your own. And then tomorrow morning, and the morning after that, and the morning after that allowing the voice of the Holy Spirit that resides in you to speak over the situation that you're in, the relationships that you encounter during the day, during the week, during the month. You're going to have some of their family, probably more than other relationships will be the family that you live with. How many people know that you need the Holy Spirit for those people? Okay. Now now this is a passage of scripture in, in the passages of the New Testament that speak us remember the umbrella of that the Spirit of God is living in us. Everything comes under realizing that the power of God is in the believer. See, a lot of times we're waiting on people to, uh, or uh, God to bless us and realize it, and we don't realize that God says, you'll be a blessing first. Now, now watch this. A lot of times you've heard this during a message through uh, the offering time. But this is critical for you to realize it's even in our relationships. Remember this. Whoever sows, in other words, you're farming, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. If you only plant five seeds, don't be expecting, you know, acres and acres of crops. Some of you know where I'm going, I think. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously, that's us, will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your hearts to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, now before I read the key verse here, the next verse in my opinion, When you get up in the morning, you need to realize that you're a giver. But the most important thing is not that you're a giver, but how much you're willing to give. See, a lot of us wake up in the morning going, we're not giving nothing. It's all mine. Those jokers out there asking for me to love them, to walk in love, do all that stuff. Come on now. It says, don't give reluctant... Okay, Johnny, need a little mission money. That's reluctant me. What? He's got food. You know, we always try to excuse giving. But also, how about this one? They need a group to go over and paint their house. Oh, my. You're talking about my time now. Can I pay some money? I don't want to go. There's a lot of giving. Decide. See, see, our capacity, all of us, I did the little capacity. But as we mature, our capacity gets as big as these buckets and even larger, even maybe to the fullness or the measure of God. Watch this verse. And God is able to bless you abundantly. Woo! But that's not all. Watch this. And God is able to bless you abundantly so then, in all things, at all times, that's kind of exhaustive, isn't it? Every time, all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Not in some good work. Every good work. How can I do every, that's too, I have the mind of Christ in me. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. But look at verse 10. Look at it. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Now, now I, I could go on, but i got to point this out. Whoever sows sparingly is going to reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously, well, God, I, I don't have a lot to sow. But there it says, he will supply seed to the sower. You have something that you can give. But you also have bread for food. Before I go on, there's some people that are out there that are so generous, they're giving away their seed and their bread. God's Holy Spirit residing in you based on the Word of God is not saying to do that. He knows that you need bread for food. He knows that you need and will supply... You can go into Matthew chapter 5 all day and say, you know, he knows the lilies of the field are dressed better than God. Don't worry about things because God will provide for you. Seek first the kingdom. God knows you need. Yeah, He's not telling you to get, because every time we get to something like, okay, pastor's going to take up a big offering and say, give everything you got. No. If somebody ever does that in a church, they won't do it in this church, if I'm pastor. But if they do it ever in the church, you just go, Whoa, blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, don't eat your seed. <laughs> let, let me explain that because some of you might go, what? God provides what you have with what you have in your, let's say in your little basket. he prov- Some of that is seed to be, given and planted to reap a harvest because then we'll go on and finish this. He will increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way. See, it's not just spiritually. That is one way. But I believe it will be in your health, as you give in your health, in your your finances, in your relationship, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. That has always bothered me. I'll be walking downtown Fort Worth, and there'll be a panhandler, a guy that'll be, hey, hey, can you you spare a couple dollars? It used to bother me. I'm from a German background. You don't work. You don't need, buddy. But the same guy that wrote this, I know he said that. But at the same time, he's saying on every situation, every, be generous on every situation. Do you know that this, I wish I could say, I've done this all my life, just in the last few years, that I try hard to keep so much money on me <laughs> to be able to be in that situation, to be able to give that away. Now, some of you heard that and going up after church, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I have the mind of Christ, and I can say, no. <laughs> but I will give you some truth of revelation, <laughs> which is on every... You hey, no, no, go back, go back. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us... Paul is saying through the the, the mission, through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. He says, in us, when you give to us, there will be definitely a thanksgiving to God. We we realize that there will be people that we will bless, even when we encourage them, even when they got a bucket of lemons to give us, we encourage them. And they'll give us nothing back. Because who lives within us gives us the peace to be able to give that peace back to somebody in the middle of their storm. Now, let me tell you that I want you, just in the next few minutes, if you'll stand with me, that we're going to do this. So this isn't going to be a prolonged deal. Ushers, lock the door. Nobody bolt. (laughs) Here's what I want you to do. Take your little basket. There's, everybody has lifesavers inside of them. That's, and you've got plenty. Now, there's some that are different lifesavers than the others. We're going to represent those lifesavers as love. Okay? Now, we're not going to do the hippies and flower children and all that, but, but what we're talking about is an example. You can always give somebody something of encouragement of love. The other things you have could be different than somebody else in another part of the church. Matter of fact, some of you don't have what they have over there and vice versa. Here's the deal. We're going to take about a half time, five minutes. And I want you just to mingle with people and just say, hi, you don't have a lot of time. You don't have to kiss and hug and pat them on the head. No, get off of that fear of doing something that you don't want to do. Just say, hi, and give them something out of your basket, move on. It'll be a joke, it'll be a laugh, but you'll never forget it. Ready? Let's go. to love
1: be the shining light Breaking chains that were holding me You set your sun down and set me free Everything of this world will fade I'm pressing on till I see your face
0: Two minutes, two minutes to go. Alright, sixty seconds.
1: Wanting a place to hide this weary soul. All
0: right, find a chair, find a seat. All right. the Amplified 2 Corinthians 9.10, and then we'll be dismissed. Alright, I know that some of you are worked up, and you're ready to go, but just one more verse. Look at this. And God who provides seed for the sower, and bread for eating, will also provide and multiply, not add to, but multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifest itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Multiply your resources for sowing. This, this whole illustration today of building a warrior and being obedient to God Is the understanding of that you are blessed to be a blessing. That's what God told Abraham. I'm going to bless you and make your name great so that you can bless people. You guys are a blessing. When you bless somebody, it it can be a little. Let me tell you, I'm working on it. I'm walking out from Walmart the other day, and a guy's got this big, huge TV, and he's by himself, and he's going to put it in his truck. And I thought, I don't have a big TV like that. I don't know how he's going to get it in his truck. I want to watch it. Watch him do that. But see, because I'm a man of God. I know the word of God. I bring every thought captive and make it subject to the opinions of God. And I said, quit that. So what I did was I said, do you have anybody to help you? with that in the picture? He goes, no. Walmart ain't going to help me. Got <laughs> that lemon? And I said, I'll help you. And he said, really? Now, I don't know if that little beady itty kindness gave thanksgiving to God out of his mouth. Thank you, God, for bringing somebody. But there's things that you've done And people have done to you that have brought thanksgiving to God. And when we realize that some people that don't believe there is a God, that's how they see God now. Through you and your act of kindness. Now, let me tell you, Christianity has a lot of things involved when you're reading the Word of God. But this is where we start. And this is where it goes through all of our life and our relationships. Most important thing in your life will be relationships. Relationship with God and your relationship with others. Every day that you wake up, you have something. You have something. And if you don't have something, you know where to get something. And that is in the Word of God. You go back to the Word of God. Let me tell you, you can sing, you can have, let me tell you, we are living in a time where you can worship with the best worship leaders. You, You can hear the best sermons. There is no excuse for you not to have a basket full. And you know what? We lived. In, we live in a blessed time, Pastor. We got inflation. When the gas price, you got enough money to pay the gas? or you going to be here today? Come on. So we are blessed. We can bless financially. We can bless in our relationships. And listen, as we are people of health. We're not waiting to fall off the hill so that we have a hard to Come on, get out there and walk around. Park the free you can from Walmart so you can at least have a little exercise during the day. Come on now. Let's pray. Father, you are such a good God. And Father, you have instructed us in the way to go through your Holy Spirit living in us. And Father, some of us here today have heard your voice and been disobedient. And maybe right now, somebody here is in a place that, Father, they know they're in the wrong spot. But God, I know your word, and they can hear your word say through your Holy Spirit that repent and come to me, that your sins can be forgiven that today can be a new day. Father, I just pray that, Father, no matter who's here or what they've gone through or what they're in right now, that they can realize that they can have a change of direction and receive you and your forgiveness. And, God, it's a new day in their life. Father, I pray that this week, maybe more than other weeks Starts a new thing in our lives that we will be able to yield, stop, and listen, hear your voice, and be obedient, because God, you have blessed us, and therefore, we can be a blessing to others. In your wonderful name, I pray, and everybody in agreement said, amen, amen. I love you guys. Take what you learned today out of the word of God and apply it in your relationships. You guys are dismissed. Go home. Get them.